This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings, and happy Valentine's Day. If you're listening to this, odds are your significant other has finally gone to bed, and you can now partake in the racing world that you uh, realistically love just a little bit more. We won't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. But we know. Let's take a look at what's happening. Full show tonight. A couple of young up-and-coming stars that are changing seats. We'll talk with them and so much more coming up. But first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Snowball Derby champion Ty Majeski will make the jump to full-time at NASCAR Racing in 2022. According to a press release from Thor Sport Racing, Majeski will pilot the number 66 Toyota Tundra starting at Daytona this weekend. I'm excited and happy to see Majeski get a shot. How about New Smyrna and the World Series? Let's take a quick look at what's happening down there. Back to night one, Super Late Models. Brad May picked up the win over Sammy Smith, Derek Griffith, Jesse Love, and Gabe Somers rounds out the top five. In the Pro Lates, it's Michael Hindy, Jet Nolan, Hunter Wright, Connor Jones, and William. I'm going to screw it up, Rich, so here you go. Sawalich? Sawalich? Am I close at all? Sawalich? You're close. You're close. Hit, hit, hit me. I, you're, I'm letting you stay with okay, that. Okay, all right, fine. Uh, Kowalik, they, I think it's safe. They round out the top five for the Pro Late Models on night number two. Uh, check it out. The NASCAR Wheelin' Modifieds come to town. Matt Hirschman picks up the win over Eric Goodale, Michael Christopher Jr., John McKennedy, and Tyler Rip Ripkema rounded out the top five for the Modifieds in Pro Late Model action. Giovanni Ruggiero got the win. Corey Hall, second spot. Michael Hindy in third. Gus Dean in fourth. And Jean-Philippe Bergeron rounded out the top five for the Pro Late Models on night number two. In tonight number three, super late model action. Steven Nassi snaps the winless streak, goes to victory lane ahead of Sammy Smith and Justin Ma- uh, Mondique, who uh, finished the, on the podium. Derek Griffith in fourth. And Brad May rounded out the top five. Pro late models... It's a Michael Hindy type of week down there. He gets the win. Connor Jones in second. Giovanni Ruggiero in third. Gustine fourth. And William Sawalich in the uh, fifth spot there to round things out for night number three. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France will be taking all hate mail for uh, names that have been mispronounced in the first uh, 90 seconds of today's program. Good evening, sir. I love it when you take a chance like that, because I think there's about a 50% chance you get one right. You know what? If you say it different every time, you got to hit it on the head at some point. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I, but I, I there's one I can't congr- 
correct you on. That's Michael Hind. Hi, just Hind. Okay, the E on the end. I want to say it Hindi, but uh, okay, Michael yeah, Hind. He, he, he won. He won down his feet fast. That's right. Yeah, earlier good, this good year. point. Yeah, I should have got that correct. So, well, nonetheless, man, it's a busy time for horsepower happenings. You have been working feverishly to keep up with things going on down in Florida, and it's not all pavement. Horsepower happenings is not a pavement podcast. We're a, we we are a mixed racing podcast and uh, that includes some big things going on on the dirt side yeah zach well i i took it for the team and 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 it really was an enjoyable take i'll tell you because i got to uh pretty much watch all uh, except for one night of the lucas oil dirt late model series um at east bay raceway park last week and uh you know they started things out great and and dennis herb jr hadn't had a win in seven years uh, on the Lucas uh, Lucas Oil Series, picked up the win on opening night. Um, he looked very, very strong. S- night number two, uh, Mother Nature paid a visit and kind of washed everything out on Tuesday. And then, then came the Brandon Shepard show. B Shep three in a row. Wow! Just just dominating night after night after night. Um, and then we we got to talk about the uh, the finale. Brandon Shepard leading a solid lead. The rains came a shower come not real hard, right? Just enough to put a monkey wrench in things enough to throw the caution. And they had to run around about 15 laps to kind of dry it off. Well, apparently B Shep was hooked up for a slick track and Devin Moran was running a softer tire and the water made all the difference in the world. Bishop put it in the wall in turn four. Oh, no. Jumped, jumped the cushion. Devin Moran made a, a move from third to first and basically just drove away for his first win at East Bay and his third in this early season. If you remember right, he picked up two in a row, the two openers, at Alltech Raceway the week before. Wow, fantastic stuff. And two, a uh, big week for Devin Moran because – uh, I kind of saw this story featured on Flow Racing where uh, a really special crewman to him, I believe related to him in some way, is moving on from his team, going to go explore some potentially bigger and better opportunities. So uh, a pretty emotional week for Devin Moran, too. Yeah, that's Wiley, his brother. Yes, uh, that's right. He, he is his crew chief. And uh, this was the last event uh, at Lucas Oil that he was going to be uh working with Wiley and, uh, and Devin got a little emotional about it. You know, um, he, he's been with him. Uh, he feels comfortable. I, you understand, you know, if you, if you're comfortable with your brother, oh yeah, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to miss that. But, uh, you know, Wiley had to make a decision and, um, for the growth of himself and, uh, you know, and Devin's backing him up on it. It's fantastic. Hey, let's talk about some things going on up here. Uh, actually, before we do that, we should mention Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Rich, getting some time off now uh, out of the Florida Speed Weeks and everything. They're going to take a little bit of time before they get back in action. Yeah, after the back-to-back schedule at Alltech and, uh, well, actually, the Golden Isle Speedway, Alltech, and then East Bay, uh, they've been a pr- pretty busy the last couple of weeks. So uh, they're going to have a little bit of a break until March 11th and 12th. Uh, for a two-day show at 411 Speedway down in Tennessee. And then they're going to come up north to our neck of the woods, Zach. Uh, March 17th and 18th, uh, 17th at Atomic in southern Ohio, and the 18th at Brownstown in Indiana. A couple of really fun racetracks, by the way. I've been to the Icebreaker at Brownstown once. 
and or um, actually, I think I may have been there twice. At any rate, really awesome show. When the track is right, the racing is right down there at Brownstown. Let's continue to move north and talk about some things that are happening up here in our neck of the woods. Winston Speedway released their 2022 schedule, and if you can believe it, it starts just three weeks after those Atomic and Brownstown's dates for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, the Player Hater Wild West Shootout. This is no April Fool's joke. It's scheduled for April 1st and 2nd here in Michigan, Rich. And we scoffed at them the first time that they put it on the schedule this early, which was a rain makeup from the year before. And they laughed right back in our faces and put on a fantastic program, and they're going to try to do it again. This is a great event. I've got it circled on my calendar already. Yeah, I had that circled as well because I thought you wanted to see me for that again. (laughs) Hey, that was a good time. And it was the the only thing is, can they can we put an order in for a little bit warmer weather up there at Winston this time? Bring the space heaters and maybe just maybe a flask of whiskey and you uh, might make it through the day just okay. (laughs) Yeah, that that was the only I mean, during the day it was fine, but at night uh, it it chilled down quite a bit. You know, we we, we were able to be down there in the infield and that was a great time. Yeah, it really uh, was. But it but it 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 chilled quite a bit. uh, So. Hey, it, that's the first race out of the gate in our region. We're going to go cover it. And by the way, uh, the rain out date or the weather date, if you will, it might not be rain, is the following weekend, April 8th and 9th, is the weather out date for that. Then they get into their regular season on April 15th, and they start rolling right on through. The next big show to watch on the calendar is May 27th. It'll be the Fast Shaft IMCA Modified full show, $1,000 to win for IMCA Mods, plus their late model division and uh, their host of other divisions that they have. Next week, right after that, into June 3rd, big $3,000 to win for the Bob McQueen Senior Memorial Super Late Models, plus IMCA Modifieds. They'll be there as well. They'll have the Midwest Compact Tour the following week, June 10th. Another Fast Shaft IMCA Modified $1,000 to win event. And check this out, Rich, $1,000 to win for Pro Late Models on June 17th alongside the IMC Modifieds. I'm actually kind of happy to see Winston has not given up on the Pro Late Model division. Yeah, because when they started last year, I think uh, when we showed up there for the first event, uh, I think they had three or four cars there. So I would think if they are having a $1,000 to win event, uh, they are either going to draw them from somewhere else or they have enough cars to put on a show for a second season. So... um, the, the, I, we, we watched a few of those cars uh, go around the track, and they get around Winston Speedway pretty good. So it's a, it should be a pretty good show. Moving into July, they'll have a Memorial Street Stock show to open things up July 1st. Then July 8th, uh, I think I'll get a chance to go up to Winston once again with the Great Lakes Super Sprints alongside the Midwest Compact Dirt Series. That'll be fun. That's also going to be their fireworks night. And if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken, this should be a Super Sprints debut at Winston Speedway. So that's sure to be a great show. Uh, $3,000 to win, $500 to start again for Super Late Models. The Lightning Sprints will join them along with IMCA Modifieds. That'll be July 29th. And then as we work on toward the end of the season, August 26th, they'll have another $1,000 to win Fast Shaft IMCA Modified Race and another $1,000 to win Pro Late Model event at the end of the year. Season Championship Night will be September 2nd. And then... Uh, They'll plan on hosting a swap meet. The third annual Outlaw Racing Supply Race and Performance Swap Meet will be November 6th, and that's a full look at the Winston Speedway schedule, which was released earlier this week. Good-looking schedule for Winston Speedway. 
That's a long schedule, isn't it? Yeah. From beginning of April to the end. All the that, way to the beginning of, of September. They're going to do up yeah. there. Good job. Uh, I hope I hope they get it all in, and it should be a lot of fun, Rich. Well, Zach, we got to head back down south to Florida for the speed for a little more Speed Weeks coverage because almost every racetrack you go to in Florida, but this one's a little bit different. The SRL, remember the SRL oh, yeah. National Tour, making their way to the, from the Southwest over to the Midwest. They had their first event uh, this weekend at the Citrus County Speedway for a 125-lap season opener, and Bubba Pollard was going to need to find something more than good to beat Ty Majeski on Saturday night at Citrus County. Majeski led wire to wire to pick up the win in the debut event for the SRL, and he made it look so easy collecting collecting the $15,000 payday. Pollard had a couple chances to pick Majeski off on restarts, but just couldn't get the launch he needed. It was a celebratory win of sorts for Majeski, Zach, uh, after announcing last week a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series ride for 2022 with Thor Sport. Anthony Cataldi, George Gorham Jr., and Derek Griffith would round out the top five. All right, let's do another schedule release up north. It's the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints presented by Engine Pro and Perfit. And this is intriguing, Rich, the GLTS not scheduled to start here until June 3rd. Now, keep in mind, at the bottom of all the schedules that we ever see across America, it says what? Subject to change. So we could see some dates added here, but this is what has been released. Over the weekend, the season kicks off June 3rd and 4th. None other than I-96 Speedway in a co-sanctioned event with the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Series. It'll be dubbed the Full Throttle Sprint Car Nationals June 3rd and 4th at I-96. The GLTS returns June 17th at I-96. It's a doubleheader weekend starting there Friday on the 17th, then back across the state to Silver Bullet Speedway on June 18th. Then on July 2nd, head to Fremont Speedway. It's the night before the Classic, July 2nd. Then we just keep right on continuing. The Hewitt Classic will uh, continue to kick things off. July 3rd, Fremont Speedway again, as we said, will kick it off. Then they'll move over to Waynesfield Raceway Park for that Jack Hewitt Classic. Should be a good weekend of racing there, July 2nd and 3rd. July 15th, a lone stop at Hartford Speedway for 2022. Then July 22nd, back to I-96 with another cross-state trek to Silver Bullet on the 23rd. August 12th and 13th, a uh, local show for me, if you will. I-96 on Friday, Butler Motor Speedway on Saturday, the 12th and the 13th. Happy anniversary to my wife on the 13th. Then on August 26th and 27th, another another doubleheader weekend. This time we kind of stay up north. Mount Pleasant Speedway on Friday, the 26th. Over to Silver Bullet Speedway on Saturday, the 27th. One stop at Crystal Motor Speedway for the GLTS this season. It'll be September 17th. And then they move into the annual tradition, Roll the Dice at I-96 Speedway. The two-day co-sanctioned event with Buckeye Outlaw Super Sprints, or Sprint Car Series, rather, that October 7th and 8th for the traditional sprints. Nice-looking schedule, all compact right there, June through October. Should be a good look. Yeah, sounds good to me. And we may, we'll have to wait here just a couple, two or three more weeks. But uh, Horsepower Happenings is going to probably, once again, be spending a lot of time with the Great Lakes Super Sprints and the traditional sprints in 2022, Zach. Yeah, as always, looking forward to an opportunity to. Uh, I, you know what? I don't. I don't care what you say, Rich. I like a little dirt in my hamburger. Okay, I, I just like it. <laughs> so do I. I mean, I, I've I've really come to like, and you know, I I've been able to attend the last couple of seasons 
almost all of the all-star performance late model challenge series events um we're gonna have to see how that goes this year it just i mean i i looked at a couple schedules that the you know the man that pays the bills set us uh last week and uh oh boy I'm going to start getting my I'm going to start getting my sleep now. What do you think? Yeah, I know. It looks busy, doesn't it? I I sure I, I said I was going to try to calm down this year and uh... <laughs> how that how that do for you? <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to work out. Well, Zach, our first guest of the evening and kind of a theme for tonight, uh guys that are going to be jumping in different rides for 2022 let us know who we're talking to yeah this is a kid that i've had a chance to watch uh, here at butler and uh this guy has made some waves when he's jumped in race cars whether it be down south um and and it's kind of i'm really excited to talk to him because i don't know that i've seen him tied to a ride uh like he's going to be this year so it's my pleasure to welcome in plymouth indiana zane devault and zane thanks for joining us tonight thanks for having me i'm uh i'm glad you uh Glad you had me. I always like talking with you guys. It's yeah, fun. Derek Bean uh, said, hey, man, you might want to get a hold of Zane. I think he's got some fun stuff going on. And, uh, in fact, we are interrupting you from Monday night festivities down at Speed Weeks, man. Tell me what you're doing down there. Yeah, just uh, just hanging out, you know. We came down a uh, couple days early, uh, kind of get away from the cold um, and, and watch, watch some 410 racing. And then uh, Wednesday night I'm going to run – start practicing my own stuff my own car with a 360 claxton in it and uh we're gonna race the three days of the 360 nationals down here so now we do now is that the seven car is that the car that we see that's yours yeah okay yes it's the seven car yep all right now uh well this time last year i think it was rich that we talked to this guy and he was trying his hand on the hoosier 970s down there uh and and trying to get some pavement seat time too Uh, i don't know that we really talked to you since then but uh, that was kind of a struggle a little uh, curveball for you um do we expect to see you try that again are you going to keep your feet firmly planted in god's dirt no, um, actually, I had the opportunity to do it again. Um, the scheduling just didn't work out. I had some other things going on um, and uh, with COVID and everything and work, so it didn't work out. But um, I'm still in pretty good contact with that guy. Um, that whole deal didn't really turn out. We had part failure in qualifying, so it didn't turn out the best. Um, but, yeah, we're uh, he's actually talking quite a bit because, you know, I'm – I'm right by Plymouth, and they just went back asphalt. So he uh, yeah, that's a good he found point. a car up. He he found a car up by me, and he's like, "Man, I'll buy it. You come get my motor, and if you have an off weekend, you can just go go right in your backyard and race it." So, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. We're kind of working on that, but but yeah, we'll see. Man, that is not the reason I brought you on the show at all. I <laughs> that was a major curveball. I didn't even think about Plymouth going asphalt and you being right there, man. That's uh. That's an intriguing development for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a little bit of a touchy subject with me. I mean, I mean, it, it sucks, I guess. Um, um, that that it, it went from dirt to pavement again, but uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to be one of those guys that said, "Man, I ran it on dirt and pavement, and it was better dirt or pavement." You know, right? So, but yeah, we'll we'll see. So. So, I, hey, Zane, I got to ask you, are you down at East Bay tonight? Yes, I am. I'm down here uh, kind of hanging out with Connor Morrell and uh, and Jim Lane's down here and uh, Mike Birkin and hanging out with Joe Gertie with the Bowman deal, just just kind of hanging out, having a good time, relaxing, having a little little vacation. 
So give me some inside information. What the heck happened to Mad Max, man? He, on, in qualifying, uh, he did, he put that thing up, front two wheels up in the air, and, and uh, it looked like he was better in practice. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, the track's getting getting a little tricky right now. It, it's got a few few little ruts, and some people, you know, Tyler Courtney at the end of that 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 session kind of hit it and and got got the left front hiked up, but uh, he was aimed pointed the the right direction when that happened. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I don't really. I saw like the tail end of what Max was doing, but uh, but I don't know. I, you know, knowing Max and being pretty good buddies with Max, I'm sure. Sure, he's going to get it figured out. He'll he'll be going towards the front. That's for sure. Now I got a question for you. Um, I've been watching the Lucas Oil Late Models down there for the last week, and for anybody who's never been down there, kind of describe the differences. That track looks a whole lot different than any of the tracks we have in Michigan in terms of the surface. Yeah. So the big thing is you're so close to the bay, and the track is actually like a foot to two feet below sea level. Back in the day, it used to be a old fishing pond um and then it turned into a racetrack so if you look in the turn one um in the infield there's some barriers and there's it's always kind of dug out a little bit right there um and no one ever goes there well that's basically basically it's from the tide coming in since it's below sea level the water level will pick up and you'll see it flood there and sometimes you'll see it dry, and that's when the tide goes back out. So that's the reason why it's kind of weird, you know, like it, it it might be really dry at the beginning, and then the moisture might come back halfway through or, or vice versa really, really fast, you know, within a couple laps. So it's uh, definitely tide-driven. That's that's a that's a, a weird, you know, you're throwing another curveball instead of just, you know, like up in Michigan, oh, you know, it's, usually going to get dry and you kind of know what it's doing well you, down here you never know night to night so Italian. it definitely def, definitely messes with the motor too you got to be on top of your fueling so you don't uh, don't blow a motor up tell me about what that does to you as a driver to i mean uh, dirt track racing that's always kind of been the uh th- th- that's kind of been the i don't know attraction for for some fans is that you do have to be so on top of your game so much of the time watching the track change and watching how it uh you know changes throughout the night just with a basic water truck and tractor setup now you're dealing with moons and tides and and also tractors and water trucks man how do you how do you work through that down there well you know thank 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 the lord for uh technology you can uh can get a tide tide uh deal on your phone and tell you when the tide's going to come in and everything so and you, and you know, you roughly know like the program, how it's running and what time you're going to be on the track and roughly how long. So you can kind of tell and see what, what it's going to be doing. Um, but it, it makes it tough for as a driver while you're out there, you know, sometimes um, it, it's not always about setting your car up for the top and just ripping the top the whole time. You know, it, it might change and you got to be able to hunt, hunt for the fastest line. So you got to be able to, as a driver, change how you drive the car um, and, and be risky enough and, and trust your guys in the pits on the setup wise to, to, to go find the grip, you know, cause it changes so much. So it, it's tough sometimes, but, uh, it definitely makes it more interesting. I think and the, and the, the smarter, uh, more technical drivers usually shine a lot better. Does here. that track, uh, when it gets full of moisture with the tide end, does it wedge up or does it get greasy? 
Um, it depends. It, it you know that's another weird deal. Sometimes it gets greasy. Sometimes it it wedges up and it's it's hammered down. But um, it's well, it's definitely weird. It kind of gets marbly sometimes. Um, when it wedges up, it, it kind of just marbles up up top, um, and you can't really get up in that stuff. You know, like uh, I know Max kind of had to pedal it away from the wall a little bit. Another guy had to pedal it away from the wall. Um, so it gets it gets it, it's really weird. I I, don't, I can't describe it. Do you compare um, it to anything yeah. that you've raced on maybe up north at all? Um, it feels like I-96 trying to wheel pack it when it's super greasy and you just slide all over. That's what it feels like when it's greasy here. Um, and when it's heavy, grippy, and wedged up, it feels like I-96 right after it goes from like that, that greasy to like super stuck, fast, but marbly. You know, you, you're usually about the middle of I-96 at that point, and then you get in the marbles, and it kind of slick it, like it just four-wheel drifts. It's kind of the same here. So Sounds like a monster I do not want to tackle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, sometimes it's, 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 a, it's a tough one, but uh, it's definitely put, puts on good racing, that's for sure. And it, it's a fun racetrack to drive. The shape of it's pretty cool. Um, it's just a shame that I think uh, either next year is the last year for it or something. So yeah, we're running out of time that, for that, sure. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, Zane, I was going to say, I'm heading down in that area in the next couple of weeks, and the only thing I'm going to worry about tides is make, make sure my sun chair doesn't get caught in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, be at no any kidding. racetrack. So, te- yeah. so tell us, uh, Zach got to spend quite a bit of time with you last year uh, with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Uh, you got some news. What do you got going on? Yeah, so, um, you know, their silly season was definitely – definitely good to me this year um i've never like you said i've never really had a solid ride um here and there you know picked up a ride here picked up a ride there um and and never had a good good solid one you know that that would last last all year um that has had a lot of success and everything and uh this year i got a call from steve harding and uh i i landed that deal so so yeah i'm pretty excited about that deal um and super thankful i think think that uh steve's a great guy great good car owner um and he's got sean robinson behind him uh working on turning wrenches and stuff so i uh i can't can't uh can't really you know really wrap my head around it yet because i've never really had this opportunity before so pretty excited for the whole deal that's got to help you, right? Because if if you're in a car or out of a car part-time, um, if you know you're going to be in a car full-time, you can get continuity uh, with the crew and, and really get that car running well. And I expect uh, that that's what you're hoping for. Yes, yes. And, and you know, sometimes it's it's tough jumping in a car, jumping out of a car, getting in another, another car. But I feel I feel like sometimes it also makes – it, it kind of makes you a better driver. You know, you, you got to be able to adapt, um, to different, different settings, you know, not only just the car, but the environment of the team. Um, you know, it, it's, I feel like sometimes it can make you better, but sometimes it can definitely hurt you. That's for sure. 
Now, you did have a, a little bit of an association, um, you know, the, it, it seemed like it was an on-and-off relationship uh, with the, that, that Red 16 car. I cannot remember for the life of me who owns that ride, but you've been in and out of his Terry stuff. Terry Bushy. Yeah, Terry Bushy. I, I, was, I was coming up with Jim, and that, I knew that wasn't right. But uh, you ran yeah. Terry's stuff on and off for quite some time now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, last year I ran quite a bit of 360 stuff for him. Um, we ran a couple 410 races, um, that motor blew up, but, but yeah, I mean, he has good, you know, pretty good stuff. So, um, I, I, uh, ran quite a bit with him and, and we had some success. We had some good nights. We had some not so good nights. Um, but, uh, wasn't, did he also, racing, did he know, also play a hand in getting you in that pavement car that we talked about earlier in the show? So it's that, that whole deal was. Kind of, yeah. We were actually down at Milton racing, um, and my family and and a lot of his friends from up north went down and came wa- came to watch and everything, and and we're all hanging out and the guy, you know, the guy that owns that car and and his buddy were cruising around on a golf cart and they go, man, this looks like a party here, and I go, no, we're just hanging out, and he goes, well, I like this, I like like parties and I go well come on out so we all started talking um and and he offered me the ride and Terry's like oh yeah he'll he'll do great in that thing and I'm like dude Terry what'd you just get me into (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah it it was all pretty good you know he he uh he went down and helped me helped me with that deal and everything so so I'm the, very the, grateful for him and well and, and the point there a, is a great guy. still a good relationship with Terry though obviously oh yeah yeah definitely he's he's known me when I was five years old a little freaking hellion running around the quarter midget track so so uh yeah we always called him grandpa Terry because him and him and his wife grandma Terry would always give all of us food and and candy that our parents didn't want us to have. So they were just like grandparents on a racetrack. <laughs> All right, Zane. That, so you got this new ride. What is the, what are the plans now? Are you going to run a full great Lakes super sprint schedule? Are you guys going to travel a little bit? Um, how many races are you guys looking at? So right now um, we're looking to kind of have an open schedule, do some 360 stuff, uh, do some 410 stuff, kind of in the tri-state, you know, deal. Um, I know, I know we're going to run some NRA, little GLSS, um, possibly some sod and everything, but, uh, but yeah, we're, uh, I don't think as of right now, um, we're not going to get, get locked in a points deal unless we get halfway through the season. And obviously, you know, if you're, you're in contention of winning the points or whatever, obviously sometimes you gotta, you gotta kind of go for it. You know, it, it's an extra little bonus at the end of the year so but yeah as of right now the plans kind of just just go with the flow and, and see you know we got a few races that we definitely are wanting to hit um so i don't know really how many races we're just kind of kind of just throwing some together here and there um still kind of discussing but but yeah we'll uh we'll see how it all goes I know we were joking about a little bit at the beginning of the show, but uh, tell me about what you think about Plymouth Speedway. Kevin made some big news by pulling the dirt off of it, uh, you know, before back in the fall, you know, right before winter. Um, what do you what do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of rumors and everything, um, 
and I obviously try to keep my two cents out of it, but but uh, I always get pulled in, you know, everyone knowing that I'm from there, and they're like, oh, what do you think, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I've been there. I, you know, I grew up. You can, t- when you I can was tell there. us. It's just us three talking. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, there's, well, there's not like there's going to be hundreds of other people that join the conversation <laughs> in a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I mean, my honest opinion is, is, you know, I'm a dirt guy at heart, so it, it, it sucks. But um, But sometimes, you know – it might take this to, to get that track back on the map and really boom it again. You know, I, I do think that some of the ideas they have with, with the big races and just running big races. I mean, you look at Kokomo, Kokomo went to that, um, where they don't have a weekly show week in week out deal. Um, and that's kind of what Plymouth's doing. So I don't know. You'll, I, I foresee it doing pretty good. Um, but, you know, as long as they just keep the draw coming, you know, that's, that's a lot of guys, guys struggle with tracks. You know, you, you get that big first wave of people. You just got to keep them, keep them there, keep them happy, you know, keep them coming back. So, so yeah. Let's dive in a little bit more. I want to dive into the history of this team that you're getting set to work with. Um, you know, we talked with Max about this when he ran with it, uh, you know, Steve Harding and, and uh, you know, Sean Robinson, couple of champions in their own right couple of uh, guys that have a lot of race wins as either owners or drivers uh talk about climbing behind the resources that you you're going to have there i know it kind of falls hand in hand with you know the just the consistency of really good resources and with that i think maybe too zane is going to come a little bit of pressure to perform with those resources yeah yeah i think so and and you know like i said me and max are pretty good buddies and you know he's he talked very highly of them and everything. So, I mean, I don't foresee there's going to be any, any struggle, you know, taking off like they did last year. Um, I feel like, feel like we should have a good year and, and me and Sean, you know, kind of, we've talked here and there through the years, um, you know, kind of, kind of just talking about simple stuff and, and how the night went or, or even talking about a little bit about setup setups and stuff. So, and we kind of click and we kind of think the same way. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like I, you know, with chat, him being with Chad and everything and, and Mike driving styles kind of like Max's and uh, some, some tracks I feel like I can, I, I kind of like at Hartford and everything. Um, I, I kind of felt like my driving style was like Chad's at, at Hartford and everything, you know? So, I feel like it won't be too hard for them for a transition. Um, and, and it shouldn't be, they're good enough. It shouldn't be hard for me to get comfortable in the car and, and be faster out of the gate. I don't think so. We, sh- I think, I think the, the whole aspect of the team, uh, really clicks already. So it should be good. Zane, we'll take it a step further. Zach said, you know, that there's a little bit of, pressure maybe just because of the history of that team and the races that they've won. Um, do you feel any of that going into this and do you mind it? Um, you know, it's always good. You know, I mean, I feel like a little pressure is good. Um, it, it's a little bit of a goal, you know, um, you're not setting the goal for yourself. Everyone else is setting the goal. You know, they want you to, they want you to do as good as, is what they did last year and everything. And, and, and that's why, you know, they, they obviously hired me because they think I can do it. So, um, sometimes 
I think it's good to be nervous. It gets your nerves going, gets gets your gets gets you ramped up, um, and and really gets you focused. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think it really gets to me. Um, sometimes sometimes I I kind of like it. Um, so it, it gets you get you you know if you do good do do good it, it really makes you get noticed um and if you don't it, it really makes you get noticed there too so it's um sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad you know it depends on your night but but yeah i think think we should be good um that's what all the all the rest of the the world does in the sprint car deal you know if they've got pressure you just deal with it and you do the best you can all right. Well, we uh, Zane, as we know, you said you're going to be running your stuff here coming up in just a couple of days down there at Clay by the mm-hmm. Bay. So, when do we get our first opportunity? Do you have it circled yet? Do you have it in stone? I know you said the schedule is going to kind of bounce around, but when do we get a chance to see you in that? Uh, in that? Uh, well, I don't even know if it's going to be a five machine anymore. Right? What do it, we know? It actually, no, it's not. So I'm glad you said that. So it's glad I stumbled into finally- that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally stumbled into that one. So we actually have been talking quite a bit, and we're going to change the number to 14H. Um, and the 14 was Steve Harding's old weight model um, number back in the day when he ran pavement weight models. So, um, yep, it's going to be 14H, and uh, ty- uh, Tyler Rankin is actually doing the graphics on it. So, and we'll have Nefco on the side. So. It looks pretty cool, pretty simple, but but uh, pretty catchy. So All right, we definitely got we definitely got a lot of room for sponsors, um, and definitely looking looking to uh, build partnerships with some people for this year, obviously, because that always helps. You know, get up and down the road, of course. But um, but yeah, we're uh, I I believe we're gonna gonna try and make uh, the Waynesfield NRA show our first one. Um, not 100% sure on that, if that will be our first one, but that, that's kind of what it's looking like. So Awesome, man. Well, Zane, uh, I want to say uh, good luck this season. Congratulations on landing a uh, really top-tier sprint car ride. You're uh, one of the guys that's, you know, you, you uh, I don't want to say you fell into it, but, man, silly season, as you said, was good to you this year, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch you wheel this thing here in 2022. So good luck in your house car, good luck this season, and we'll see you somewhere down the road. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Rich, right now while we're in between interviews, I want to give you a shout-out and Scott Menlin a shout-out. You and he have been working feverishly to try to keep their finger on the pulse of what's happening in Speed Weeks, and folks can get a look at that on our website at horsepowerhappenings.com. Tell me what we'll find there. Yeah, so go to horsepowerhappenings.com slash news. You'll see uh, all the what we try to do is keep up with the stories and all the results uh, throughout Speed Weeks last week, whether it was uh, the Lucas Oil Dirt Lay Model Series or what was going on at Volusia, a little bit of what's going on at New Smyrna. We have the results up there and, and, and short stories up there, not full-length news stories, but just to give you an idea of what happened um, throughout the feature events and who, who, who were winners and who were losers uh, on any given night. So if you go to horsepowerhappenings.com slash news, uh, and we're going to try to continue that all this week as well, as much as we can. Yeah, it'll be a good look there. And uh, I want to say hats off and thank you to you and Scott Menlin for making that happen. It's a, a good look, horsepowerhappenings.com slash news. Okay, let's flip the coin over and now go to, as Rich mentioned, the theme of the night, a young man who's getting a chance in a new ride for 2022. 
This time, though, we're also flipping the coin over to the pavement side. Rich France, let us know who we're talking to. Well, Zach, this gentleman is a former champion at the Owasso Speedway uh, in the sportsman division. Um, I've been able to watch him. I've had the privilege of watching him grow in an outlaw late model in 2019 and 2021 because we didn't get to run in 2020 at Flat Rock. Um, makes his home in Hazel Park, Michigan. He also made some big news a couple weeks ago. We'll get into that. Connor Zabozian, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Uh, thank you. Um, big opportunity being here. Yeah. Talk to me about, um, you know, I, we had we did a little bit of research, and I didn't know that you were a sportsman champ at Owasso. Talk to me about the big difference jumping from that into an outlaw super late model. Well, the, uh, at Owasso, the sportsman cars are really bumpy, and they're not really stuck to the track and kind of low horsepower on the exits while the outlaws really grounded the track and it's more circular. You get more into like a rhythm compared to like long straightaways and well, probably about the same width turns. And probably not, and probably nowhere near the downforce that an outlaw car has. No, the outlaw gets through the turns so quickly. It's planted on the ground. So tell me about how you originally got, uh, how did it all come about where you got the ride in the outlaw super late model? Well, um, we were looking at the end of our 2018 season at Owasso, and um, we had an offer on the car, and it was kind of an offer we couldn't pass up, and we are kind of looking on moving into something else. So we sold that car, and a couple weeks later, we were brought up with a couple options into actually buying it into an outlaw car, and we ended up taking the choice we thought was best for us. So tell everybody, uh, you, you come down to Flat Rock in 2019. Um, who do you get the ride with, and why did you choose that? Um, well, we chose this car because kind of it's a newer car. We thought we'd be more competitive in this car compared to the other options we had. So we were hoping we'd have the most support in this car, and yeah. All right, and so now, uh, you know, you, you, you turn some heads here, as we said in our promo, you turn some heads, uh, grab a checkered flag or two in, in this uh, car, and, you know, the, the <laughs> I guess I could say it again, the turning of the heads continues, and now you're getting an opportunity to drive, like what we said a couple of weeks ago with Frank, uh, really an iconic outlaw super late model for our area. Talk about that opportunity. How did that part of things come about? Well, yeah, I'm really lucky to drive this car. It's This car's got pretty good legacy behind it, and I've heard a lot of stories about this car. Um, well, I've known uh, Dave Barker and Pat Moran a majority of my life and had the pleasure to go out and watch them race and hang out with them in the pits and at the race shop before I started racing Outlaws. And just been really great people to talk to and known them for a long time. That's a big part of it. And, and two, the, you, you know, you, you hear the stories about this race car uh, and about this team. Uh, how does that resonate with you? I mean, what does that mean for you as a driver, you know, with, you know, your youth and, but your talent that comes along with that, uh, does that motivate you in any way? Or, or, I mean, we just talked with Zane and talked about some of the pressure of going to a new, new team, anything like that for you? Yeah, it definitely. It means I've got a lot to live up to. Um, 
hoping to be maybe a little more competitive, just more of a team back in me and less worried about tearing stuff up more. So being able to replace it if I, something happens. And the team owners just got nervous when they heard him say less worried about tearing something up. (laughs) (laughs) Connor, I got to, I got to ask you, you just said you wanted to be more competitive. I don't know how you can be more any, any more competitive uh, than you were this past season in that 10 machine. Uh, You picked up the win on championship night, your first feature win. Kind of take me through that. I was down there. I got to interview you in victory lane and you look pretty thrilled. Um, yeah, a lot of luck played out that night. We were, I was really upset with him in the car earlier in the day. And, um, we kind of threw a major change at it and got really lucky. And that's probably the best cars ever felt. Um, so, and I got really lucky starting on the pole that night. I've never had a pole in five years of racing late models. So everything just lined up perfectly for me that night. You know, that's just bad luck because I don't, anybody who usually race five years or so, you usually get a pole somewhere, somewhere you hit the inversion. And you mean in all that time, that was the first time you ever hit the invert? Yeah, I've been on the front row a few times, but never had the pole. So what are you guys looking at this year? Obviously, we, you know, we, we had had Frank on a few weeks ago and, you know, they wanted to, obviously, uh, Dick and, and Pat, they, they want to run for a championship at Flat Rock. Uh, I'm assuming that's in the plans. Oh, yeah. We are planning on running every race at Flat Rock and maybe venturing out to maybe Spartan or Bertrand or maybe a few other tracks around the area that will be running this year. Are they going to take you to the Glass City 200 as well? Yeah. <laughs> don't get, don't sound so excited. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. He sounds a little oh, like I love Toledo. <laughs> yeah. And, and and talk about racing that track. Have you run on that track in the Outlaw yet? Uh, yeah, I ran the Glass City last year. And and what was it's, what was that like for you? It's a lot different from Flat Rock. It's you drive it in hard and hard off. It's kind of it's weird track because you kind of have to balance the apexes between the turns. You have to hit one on entry and then one on the exit, and learning to time that and line up the car just perfectly takes a lot to learn. And I think that it goes without saying that there are certain parts of the anatomy that need to be a little bit stronger than the others uh, to deal with that sort of race car and that sort of racetrack too, I bet. Yeah, definitely. What I I mean is uh, you might not be exactly straight in the head, Connor. you got to hold a car like that (laughs) wide open around that place, man. And, And, man, those outlaws, as you mentioned at the top of your interview, so much different than the other types of race cars that we see. And uh, I think, too, Rich, maybe you can speak on this. To see youth moving into this division is probably an encouraging thing. I mean, Connor, uh, we talk about it on the show all the time about what is the future of Outlaw Super Late Models. Uh, Intriguing for me to see you drawn to this division rather than a template late model of some kind. Big part of that is uh, money concerns. But I think there's a lot of people going around and, starting to promote the outlaws very well around the Midwest area. Kind of, you know, what kind of issues are you going to have? Um, Obviously Frank drove for them for several years. Um, You're going to have to have a communication going with, um, with Dick on, on setting that up. And have you, have you talked to Frank at all? And 
how are you going to, because I know how different drivers express things different ways, what they're looking for in a race car. Uh, do you have any concerns you're going to be able to be able to get that across uh, to Dick and be able to make this thing fast? Uh, yeah, we've talked about going out to the track and running some test days and hopefully have some people out there in my ear helping me kind of adapt to a different car. Frankie's been by and showed us around the shop and he said he's going to be around. So hopefully we see him around quite a bit. Did you, was there any part of this decision that you had to think about, uh, when it was offered to you? (laughs) Not really. It was a pretty quick, yes, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's fantastic. And and I think that's, uh, only makes sense. Hey, do you want to take the seat? to uh, one of the most iconic Outlaw Super Late Model rides in the state of Michigan. Eh, I don't know. Let me ponder that for a little bit. Not. Uh, Connor, what sort of goals do you set this year? You mentioned about the legacy of this car. Uh, What do you do to keep your mindset right? Because there's obviously going to be bad nights, hopefully balanced with good nights. But how do you you mentally prepare for this season? Uh, That's a good question. Kind of just we have a bad weekend or something just go back to the shop and find out what we did wrong and how we can make it better definitely a team that you can do that with um yeah pretty much connor are there any uh any any partners that you're bringing on to this car at all or is this pretty much uh, a self-funded race team you get to just bring the gear bag to the racetrack and jump in yeah with me going to college i was told that I don't have to worry too much about working on the car, obviously, when I'm at college, but hopefully at the, or I'm supposed to find a lot of time throughout the weeks and getting ready for the race season to be there and make sure the car is ready. All right, man. Well, hey, Connor, I, I want to say thanks for making some time to join us tonight. Um, congratulations on on getting a chance, man, to get behind the wheel of this uh, really electrifying race car. So, Looking forward to seeing what you can do this year, and hopefully we'll see you at a racetrack soon, okay? Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, I want to say thanks uh, again to Connor for joining us on the program. Of course, thanks to Zane. He was always uh, happy to join us. He was jazz hands when I called him today, so thanks to him for joining us on the program. And, Rich, now we head to what everybody uh, starts life as knowing what Speed Weeks is all about. It's truly Speed Week with NASCAR this week and uh, everything kicking off here very soon. In the next couple of days, we're going to have some action on track down at Daytona. Yeah, exactly, Zach. And that's usually what everybody up here in the north thinks of the start of the season, right? Because not everybody is able to make it to speed weeks, uh, you know, and not everybody has access to watch everything uh, on speed weeks from wherever you're going, whether it's East Bay or Bubba or Volusia or New Smyrna. So, but this weekend... Uh, this, this week, I should say it's starting, uh, it's starting to get busy. The duels at Daytona on Thursday night, that will set the field for the 2022 Daytona 500. And then on the NASCAR trucks get in action on Friday night. And then this is a new deal. I, I don't remember if they did this last year, but they didn't used to do it this way. Xfinity and the Arkham Menard series on the same day on Saturday. Uh, the Xfinity will run in the afternoon. Menard Series run at 4.30 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Zach, as we all know, the Daytona 500. The great American race, the Daytona 500. New car, same racetrack, new drivers, new teams. And, Rich, it would not be a motorsports show if I didn't say 
Do you have any predictions for the most, uh, I mean, off-the-chains race that we'll have all season? Because it doesn't matter how fast you are as long as you hook up with somebody or have a friend, right? Right. Well, but we don't. Is that going to remain true with the new race car? I think I, I think that, you know, restrictor plate, which you can't say that anymore, I don't think, uh, but restrictor plate racetracks are going to be restrictor plate racetracks. I think it's all in who you know, uh, even with the new car, I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you want to guess, I'll throw one out there and just take a wild guess. You want me to do that? Well, I mean, that's uh, I would have covered it up and said it was an educated guess, but sure, you can roll the dice if you want. <laughs> all right, I'll roll the dice, and it came up Chase Elliott. How's that? You're going to go, okay, all Just right, why not? You know what I'm going to do with the new car, with the new teams, with the level playing field, air quotes for those of you listening on the, on the I'm, I'm quoting at Rich France, he's the only one that can see me doing this, air quotes, level playing field, I'm going to go Justin Haley. The kid has a Daytona win thanks to weather. Why not the big one? Yeah, did you know did you know Justin Haley um in his late model sportsman career raced at Toledo Speedway? I don't know that I knew that. <laughs> yep. And and I, I when I, I actually a couple of years ago when he went to Winchester, uh he was at the Winchester 400. Um I went down there and talked to him. We had a nice conversation, but yeah. Uh, he, they made the haul for, to get him more experience and on a big half mile like that fast, they, he ran a sportsman car at the Toledo Speedway, not every week, but for most of a season. Hmm. Well, there you go. Well, the, he's going to be my roll of the dice. I'm going to go Justin Haley. He has a win at Daytona. Sure. It was a weathered out win, but you know what? Why not? New car, new team. He was sporty at, uh, at the, uh, Coliseum. If Kyle Larson doesn't wreck him again, maybe he has a chance. It's anybody's game. Well, it, for, for that matter, Michael McDowell can win again, right? Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know, you want to see uh, you, you, you want to see the fast pasta go to victory lane in the Great American Race. Greg Biffle's getting back into a car. We didn't talk about that at all. He's going to get back behind the wheel of a Cup Series car. Come on now. I don't know how that's going to work out. Let's not get too crazy, okay? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, you're right. I mean, you can, we, we can pick out names, and they mean nothing on that's Monday. Right. Uh, and the only time they will mean something is the last two laps of the Daytona 500. You got it right. Yeah. And and really, it only is going to mean something when they go into turn three. Oh, wait, we saw Eric Almarola get dumped there. So it'll mean something coming out of four. No, they usually wreck there, too. So <laughs> the, it, it doesn't matter for the duels. It doesn't matter for anything. It doesn't matter where you start. That's why, and you can sit there and watch it all day long, and you will not miss a thing if you watch the last five laps. That's right. You will not miss a thing. Well, it's uh, it's sure to be fun nonetheless. 1.30 broadcast time on the Motor Racing Network. If you're listening there or your local Fox affiliate, will have the action for you as well. And we'll break everything that we see down on next week's episode of Horsepower Happenings. On behalf of Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, for Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number two of a new season of Horsepower Happenings. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.